physical media and entertainment from the silver screen to the palm of your hand. What is going on, folks? Welcome to another episode of From Screen to Shelf, the podcast about physical media, theatrical releases, home entertainment, everything in between. My name is Will. I am joined by my two colleagues, Gabe and Chase. As always, we are here today to talk about Christmas movies, our favorite Christmas films. We each have one movie. Uh, that we're going to talk about in, in depth. And then we also have a secondary pick that we're each going to offer up that's kind of like a side recommendation to check out if you guys have the time during your busy holiday season. Everyone's probably out there shopping, buying gifts for the family, friends, you know, probably people that you don't like that you have to get gifts for. So we'll, we're going to get into all those movies. But before that, though, we do want to give everybody an update. We want to talk a little bit about the Best Buy situation. Uh, we talked about this on a previous podcast, Best Buy exiting the game of physical media. We have an update on that that we're going to get into right now and get that out of the way before we get to our uh, our festive movie picks. So, uh, Chase, I don't know if you want to open this up and uh, and get into that, and we'll we'll talk about what the latest update is on the uh, the Best Buy situation. Yeah, it's 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 definitely interesting, right? It, um, it, it's been constantly changing because the biggest, most recent update is, you know, some businesses gauge their Q1s differently, right? Some it's the end of the calendar year and some run until like the end of March really depends on the business and how they're scaling it. So Best Buy announced that they would be exiting at the, uh, around Q1, but recently, because uh, a lot of people pre-ordered that Conan Chronicles because it dropped down, I think, like, what, $42.99, $41? So a lot of people yeah, were like, pre-ordering that. Yeah. yeah, and before Amazon price matched it. So a lot of people have orders on there in that aspect. And now they have officially canceled all pre-orderable items and SKUs from January 1st onward that were on their site. And they just recently put those uh, magnificently looking Disney 100 steelbooks down to $9.99, which um, quite a bargain for such a collector's item. I know. <laughs> Steelbook of the year, right? So um, they're, they're starting to clearance out a lot of things. Um, so the, the end is nigh in that aspect, but it is not doom and gloom because a lot of what we would usually see as Best Buy exclusives is now becoming Walmart exclusives, which is kind of our talk track now, uh, because we did kind of preface that in our state of physical media that Walmart's going to pick up a lot. And then we had some opinions on that. Highly recommend uh, go check out that video, see what we said on that one. We don't want to kind of trek backwards. We want to trek forwards in this conversation. So in this aspect, I'm kind of looking forward to it to a degree. I'm just kind of, I've never shipped anything in that aspect from Walmart. I've always just gone in and grabbed it, you know, checked to see if it was available locally because Walmarts are quite a bit more readily available than a Best Buy. So I, I, I'm excited, you know, um, Walmart a lot more easily attainable to get to them. Um, yeah, I'm just curious about the shipping. So I don't, I don't know if it's going to be an improvement or a downgrade. Um, and then, yeah, you know, Walmart's really good at clearancing things. So that's one of the biggest reasons I'm looking forward to it. So if a steelbook doesn't sell out, they'll clearance it sooner rather than later. But yeah, that's really like, really all I really have to say about that outside of it's, it's exciting to see it continue and not just fall off or become Amazon exclusive. That, that was my biggest worry was Amazon exclusivity just because of their shipping, their everything, you know, uh, just really wasn't looking forward to that being the possibility. 
I'm glad that a brick and mortar location picked it up. And yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, uh, we'll have to see how that kind of unfolds as we've been seeing the steelbook walls kind of pop up at some of the Best Buy or not Best Buy's Walmarts. And yeah, it'll be exciting because those prices still haven't dropped. They're still like $29 for some of those steelbooks. Question yeah, is, are you guys there. brave enough to get it shipped? <laughs> or are you going to oh, go inside? Boy. What are you guys going to do? Now, that's I my worry because that was always, yeah, we're, we're going to have to figure out what's going on, trial and error, so to speak. Well, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll hear about it when once the first steelbooks start shipping, right? But I'm asking who's going to volunteer never... to be the guinea pig, though. Like, who's oh, gonna... Chase, oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me, of course. Come on, man. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm walking in. I'm walking. I mean, like at least to me, I, I've I've had I've actually had like one or two movies shipped from Walmart. I think it was, I think it was the Harry Potter 4K set. I don't remember. They had like some weird sale like one day, and it was just like mm. super cheap. Um, and and it, it arrived fine, but the Amory uh, set, right? Yeah, just the Amory set, not the Steelbook set. Um, hmm. It's, but but I know Walmart, man. Every time I go to my Walmart, at least like half the Steelbooks are freaking like dented and the shrink wraps hmm. ripped off of them. Like it's 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 too risky in my opinion. Or or maybe better getting it shipped. I don't know. Maybe you're not dealing with like employees just like slamming them on the shelves and throwing them in a you know bargain bins. <laughs> Because I can see that happening too. You know, there'll be like those big ten dollar bargain bins. Like, oh, we'll throw all the steel books in there. And just, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh God, my heart. It doesn't look like a steel book anymore. It's just a ball of tin. You know, at the time yeah, man. Because it's been beaten up so much. It's gonna look like an ornament. It's month. like an ornament you put <laughs> yeah. on your tree. You know yeah, what? I'm, uh, I'm curious how they're gonna handle that. Have you guys ever been to? Uh, there's a place called Entertainment or Movie Trading Company, and if a vinyl doesn't sell out, they'll make like a bowl out of it. That's going to be Walmart when they're sitting on all of those steel books. <laughs> Melting down all the steel books. <laughs> they're going to take it to their I don't local think scrap people yard. understand this. This is why like people like me collect steel books because when the shit hits the fan one day and the world ends and we live in apocalyptic <laughs> times, the steel books are going to be used as a bartering tool. Okay. Of course. <laughs> a currency. Uh, we gotta, yeah. We got to stop pretending that they're meaningless and not worth any of the money because we'll, you know, the, the, they have their place in history and, and you'll see one day. You can uh, make a bullet say that out of them. Go out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Disney well, 100 no, I mean, stock up yeah, while you can. Just, yeah. <laughs> Disney 100s. Yeah. Those are our churches, by the way. Yeah. Those <laughs> are masterpieces. Say for the record. What are they? They're nine ninety nine right now. Somebody said, "Dude, I had them pre-ordered the Star Wars ones just because it's Star Wars, and I'm a, I'm a Star Wars junkie. And then I, when they released mm-hmm. the artwork, I was just like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Cancel. Like, it's horror. Yeah, I canceled it right away. I'm like, this is like the worst art I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah. Have you guys seen what it's supposed to um, commemorate? It's like apparently there's these like Disney treasures collectibles and stuff like that where it was literally like the same thing, a thumbnail, and it was pretty much the same font. That's what they're supposed to commemorate, but um, I think Will and I talked about this off air. Yeah, I'm trying to remember because somebody had told me they were like trying to do like a callback to like – I don't know if it was a Blu-ray or a DVD collection that they had put out like many years back. But And I don't remember that personally, but it just didn't make any sense. It's like to have the whole Steelbook – just be silver and then you have this tiny little image of whatever the character i mean come on like no one's going to pay money for that the point of a steel book is that you utilize the space that you have for that artwork Mm -hmm. and they just went the completely opposite way i don't want to get off on too much of a tangent about disney because you know they're such a fantastic company but um (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I, 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 to get back to the the Walmart thing, I am curious how they're going to handle the so-called like collectors, because like you had a lot of people that were relying on Best Buy, uh, excuse me, Best Buy for exclusives, and now those same people, that crowd, is now going to migrate over to Walmart. You know, with news that they're doing the four K Steelbook exclusives now. So, I'm just curious how that's all going to go. I mean, so yeah, there's a lot of unanswered questions there, I guess, regarding you know, the shipping and what that's going to be like. Gabe, you said you ordered from Walmart before. I personally, mm-hmm. I will say this is weird, but they're the one retailer I've never ordered anything from. I've gotten stuff from Target, Barnes & Noble, Best Buy, everything else. I think everything I've ever purchased from Walmart has been in store. So mm. that'll be an interesting, uh, that'll be an interesting thing to see just how they handle that, especially I'm assuming that influx of volume they're going to get now that the so-called Best Buy crowd is going to migrate over. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, Walmart is, they're they are pretty much the elephant in the room, I think, when it comes to DVD sales. And I believe we talked about this uh, in our State of Physical Media episode, or one of the episodes uh, back, that they account for most of the DVD sales. So I'm curious how that's going to translate over to 4K. Because I'm not sure what their Blu-ray sales are like. I know they're known for, for DVDs and then Blu-rays second, but... I'm just curious if they're going to kind of utilize that to their advantage to maybe try to push more 4Ks out there. Maybe. I I, I don't know. I still kind of I'm, I'm I don't know how the transition is going to look just because I, I like you also have to think about the crowd that goes to Walmart, too. I know there's going to be a migration right from Best Buy to Walmart, but it's like how many people mm-hmm. want to make that transition. And then you just have the regular walmart crowd where at least at my walmart they were stocking 4ks but like you know you'd go in for a tuesday it'd be fully stocked and then you'd go in a few days later and it's still fully stocked like no one's purchased a movie and it's it's kind of mind-boggling but yeah they have those like dvd bins all the time and i think that's what accounts i I think i saw a video somewhere where it was like that accounted for most of their sales were just these huge Mm. dvd bins there was like you know five bucks a pop and and people would you know scoop up two or three of them on their way out and um I, I don't know if that's really going to change. At least in my opinion, I don't think that's going to change that much. I don't think their their 4K sales are going to go up too much. But I could be wrong. That might be an issue for them because, you know, and I think Chase, I don't know if you said it um, since we started talking, but I've heard this said. I mean, this has been said a few times now, and I've heard it from different corners of the community, is that, you know, you know, if Walmart really wants to get people to get in there, they got to bring their prices down a little bit. Um, that's the yeah. first thing I heard after the Best Buy transition was like, okay, well, these prices are still like they're a little they're a little steep for some yeah. of the stuff that they were offering, and and I've heard that a few different times. So I'm curious if they're going to make any adjustments moving into the new year, especially because I mean, if you got to think about it now, they're one of the main players left in the game, other than Amazon, in, in terms of a, you know, I guess you could say a nationwide distributor, right? Walmart has that kind of infrastructure. I mean, probably not on the same level as Amazon's, obviously, but they're they're in a similar position, right? Where they were getting into the uh, studio distribution service. I don't know where that stands right now. I know they were in talks to kind of take over that market um, or take over that distribution service for uh, Universal and Warner Brothers. Um, but I, I think they have to get a little more competitive with their pricing in order to really get people to want to shop there as opposed to just ordering everything on Amazon, right? The exclusives yeah. are obviously enticing, but I mean, how, how is that really going to get people to go in there? I mean, because some of their exclusives, personally, out of the ones I've seen so far, I saw, I think it's Creep Show. Uh, and then they had, I want to say it's the Magnificent Seven, which mm-hmm. are both Scream Studio, Scream Factory. Like they're Scream Shout Studios now, I guess they rebranded, but 
um, those are exclusive to to Scream Shout Factory. I haven't seen anything else really, at least mentioned uh, or posted, um, other than those two titles. So I'm just curious how that's going to work. You know, going into 2024, I know Amazon has some exclusives, but I I haven't seen too many. But obviously, the pricing on Amazon is is uh you know much more digestible, so to speak, from a consumer yeah. standpoint. But they may also take advantage of that position, right? Because technically, if they're the only, I mean, in terms of like a brick and mortar location, right? If they know that Best Buy is not doing it anymore, they may just say, screw it, let's just leave the prices the way they are. I mean, they, they kind of don't really have an incentive to change it, in my opinion, because the people that want the title are still going to yeah. go in there to get the title. Um, right. It's going to be a weird situation for sure. I'm still waiting for the whole Best Buy. Wasn't there supposed to be some big old Best Buy sale for all their physical media releases and? They don't got much time left. There's not much time left if they want to do that. I mean, I'm curious about, so the, the pre-orders that people had that were canceled, I'm assuming all those are just going to be, what are they just refunding everybody? Cause I never read into the details on, on, on any of that. I know they removed the listings, but I've heard some people online say, well, I had a pre-order for this. So how does that work? And I haven't, haven't gotten the credit back yet. There's no word of, of, of whether or not they confirmed that, that's going to take place. So have they put out a press release or anything regarding that to, to your, to your guys' knowledge? No, I haven't seen anything. No. I mean, it's so weird. Cause I usually, I have the, I have the best buy card, the visa mm-hmm. credit card. So I always put my pre-orders on there. So, and they typically don't charge you till it ships. So mm-hmm. I, I've never ironically paid like debit. Cause I know if you pay debit, it's right away. So I, I, I'd right. imagine they're just refunding everyone. Um, I don't see any other, any other option. I think if they yeah. offered a credit, people would be pissed off. <laughs> yeah, a credit I know, for right? what? Like, no, now you're, you're forced <laughs> to use it. Yeah, I got the uh, the Best Buy card as well, but I haven't I haven't had anything on there. I think the last thing I purchased was actually uh, was Mando, so mm. that's the last thing I had uh, yeah. put on that card. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I think Walmart. It's going to be like what you guys said. It's just going to be testing it out, seeing how people mm. are getting their shipments, seeing you know what their uh, in store stock is like, and We'll know by the end of January, I'm sure, maybe early February, how how Walmart's handling everything, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll probably do uh, maybe, like you were saying, Gabe, late January, sometime in February, maybe we can do another, we'll have another update on that. You know, we'll, we'll know what things are looking like, you know, once we get to that point. And by um, things are yeah. looking like you mean like dented steel books to show off and <laughs> exactly yeah we'll just we'll just go through everything uh, that's that's been damaged by uh walmart shipping and, and it'll be just like best buy all over again maybe it's gonna be fun <laughs> i'm looking forward to it but i think that's it i mean unless you guys have any other thoughts on that situation i i guess we can move on to the I guess we can say that was the naughty part of the episode. We'll move on to the nice part of the episode, which will be discussing our favorite Christmas movies or, or Christmas movies that we decided to pick to uh, share with each other and our, in our listeners. Yeah. Well, you guys want to mm-hmm. start? I think, I think Chase had one. Yeah. That, yeah. Pick yeah, your, Chase, pick your favorite, man. favorite Christmas movie. Yeah. So I'll go on a little bit of a tangent on this one. So I started thinking about it and the one I'm about to present isn't my favorite. It's become a, like the one I'm not going to really be talking about because I really don't have much to add about it that already hasn't been said is actually in my top five movies of all time. And that's Gremlins. That is something I watch mm. every year. Um, it is yep. 
in my top five movies of all time. Didn't you see I, the 35 I, millimeter of it? Like hell it like yeah, I did. Yeah. 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 It was around this time last year. Oh, that was great. Uh, it definitely looked better than what we, what we got. Uh, it wasn't like immaculate. Um, cause there's a local place here that, uh, it's only like one or two in the entire area that will actually get those 35s and screen them. So it was a great time. It was packed. It was sold out, which was awesome. You know, seeing the love and appreciation for people wanting to support that in that manner. So that was really cool. But yeah, don't have much to add. I mean, most people have seen Gremlins at this point. You know what I mean? Like, I really don't have a film study paper to give you about <laughs> Gremlins. <laughs> I just love it. Um, and so I'm going to present to you, I, and it, it shocks me. Like I know within our circles and stuff, a lot of people do know about this movie. Uh, I know before we went live, I kind of surprised you with the, how old this one I'm about to talk about Gabe, cause you thought mm-hmm. I was going to, I was talking about the one from 2019 yeah. that we don't speak about because it's awful. <laughs> so the one the I'm one. Dude, like, oh my gosh, like I remember going on like a two day long tirade after I watched that remake and it it has its own soul and heartbeat and it's just no skip the 2019 version of the movie I'm about to talk about. Even the 2006 version is great. I'm in the minority of that. I have that rare DVD, by the way. That one that's oh. like super hard to find. I found it for a dollar at Goodwill like three years ago. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I was going to say, I think 2006 is, um, I was just going to say 2006, I feel like is coming around. Like people are starting to yeah. look, and, and maybe that's because of the 2019 interpretation. <laughs> people are kind of looking yeah. back and saying, well, yeah, I guess that was pretty good now that we think about it compared to this. But um, let's just, why don't you mention the title before? I was just I, about yeah, to say that. that. I like everyone's getting curious at this point. <laughs> We've been very illustrious about it, but it is Bob Clark's very legendary and highly influential from the shadows, 1974 Black Christmas. This has become a movie since I saw it that has just become super near and dear to my heart. I watched it a couple of times within a few weeks after I watched it the first time because very rarely do movies when I go back and they aren't necessarily kept up with the times. Do I go in and I actually feel a sense of frightfulness after watching it this movie is actually terrifying it is it does so many things well um it follows a sorority house with um in the most bare bones sense where people essentially from the sorority start falling off you know they're dying and then they're trying it, it's kind of a game of a whodunit to a degree right and is it um revolutionary now no but a lot of people don't realize that this movie influenced a lot of modern slashers and it is a canadian horror film uh by bob clark who i did i don't think he did a whole whole lot afterwards i know he did the the super diaper babies i know he did that um yeah he did the super diaper babies movies and so the the way that the killer is presented to you in black christmas the shots the cinematography the way that the lights and the the lighting the exposure the effects everything in it um and the voice of the killer will if if you watch that and you don't get like some tingles going up your spine hearing the voice calls it's one of the most terrifying things in a movie it really is and i think it'll still get you today and i only watched this maybe four years ago for the first time and it got me it's it's really really good uh this Mm. movie has become like an annual rewatch i watch it every year on christmas alongside gremlins for my christmas watch list and it's just so fun and olivia hussey 
Yeah, you just you just can't go wrong with her. She also mm-hmm. plays Norman Bates' mom in Psycho Four, so that was nice yeah. to see her return to horror in that one. Margot Kidder as well is is great in it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I forget what I don't know what her character's name is in the movie, but um, I just I loved her in this movie. Olivia is great though. Like I mean, we think about it. She was really other than other than Marilyn Burns and Texas Chainsaw. I mean, she was one of the original final girls, so to speak, you know, before yep. the final girl was what it was, you know, before it became popularized by, by Halloween. Right. Yep, exactly. And I, I honestly, like, I know this movie directly, correct me if I'm wrong, but this movie heavily influenced Halloween. It did. And I, I think Carpenter has kind of pointed that out in, in some aspects. I mean, Carpenter, obviously like he takes a lot of credit for Halloween and, and, how influential that was but it's hard to deny i think that you know psycho uh and black christmas more specifically just because you know psycho was much much earlier in in terms of its time frame uh when it was released but yeah i mean it was definitely an inspiration for halloween as far as like the i guess we could say it's it's funny because movies like black christmas kind of planted the seed for what a slasher movie or what slashers would become and mm-hmm. Halloween kind of took that and kind of presented it to a, a much more, I guess we could say bigger. a, a, a bigger audience. audience, so to speak. Yeah. Right. And and Black Christmas was, from what I remember, like when they initially released Black Christmas, because it is a Canadian movie, as you talked about, I think it was titled differently upon release in the U.S. It was like Silent Night, Deadly Night or something like that, or Evil Night, I think, something along those lines. But you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um because it had like three different titles. So Stranger I don't know how in the successful house. it was. Stranger oh, yeah, they had three house. titles. It had uh, Silent Night, Evil Night in the United States, and Silent. retitled Stranger in the House for television screenings. For TV. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because I was curious how much influence it had upon its initial release, right? And and that is where kind of like I'm, I'm not knowledgeable in terms of how well it did initially. Um, but yeah, we can definitely say it was an influential you know, film in terms of a precursor for, you know, Carpenter's work with Halloween. Yeah. And the score in it is amazing. Um, Some of the kills even today and the way that it happens will make you go, damn, you know what I mean? Like it was very raunchy for that time. Um, It definitely, I think it falls uh, just alongside of where, Texas Chainsaw, we've talked about this before, where it's a lot of implied uh, violence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as much as you remember it being violent, I even would say that like on-screen violence is a little bit more in this one than what you kind of get in Texas Chainsaw because that's a lot of implied violence. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Black Christmas from every every the moment it starts rolling, it's a it's a whodunit, it's this, it's that. And then, like we were talking about, special shout out to the 2006 um, remake that has Katie Cassidy, I believe is her name. She played the Black Canary in the CW Arrow. That's the biggest thing I remember her from. But she's one of the main characters. And I think that's one of those ones. And I'm glad it's getting a second wind. So I think it is one of those ones that took everything that the original did and it made its own identity and it did it well enough. Does it? get to the bar that i think black christmas hits no but i found it enjoyable amongst the sea of 2000 horror remakes and stuff that we got i think it sits a lot higher than most of the other things that we were getting at that time because i've always referred to this that the 2000s is the darkest period for horror like i will argue mm-hmm. that all day like it's just that's the dark ages I for agree. horror I agree. and um 
Yeah. Did you, so also on this one, did you want us to go into underrated next or do you want to do that next? I'll go That's around up to you guys. Right. I mean, I want to just mention Bob Clark. I'm, I'm, I could be, I'm positive. I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty sure he did Porky's. I don't know if you guys have seen Porky's for people that are interested in some of his other movies. Um, and he actually did a Christmas story. So Christmas story. It's, yep. it's funny to see that trajectory. And, and we're going to talk about Christmas story, I think a little bit, but um, it's just funny to see that. Cause he started with, you know, not started with black Christmas. It wasn't his first film, but to go from a movie like black Christmas and then to come full circle with a, with an endearing kind of, you know, heartfelt comedy like uh, Christmas Story. That's interesting to see that trajectory, right? Yeah. And one of his big, his first theatrical release, he had some short films, was mm-hmm. uh, Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things, which is out on 4K. Oh, um, I forget that he did that. I totally yeah, forgot he did that. He's had the, probably the most varied <laughs> filmography. And, you know, yeah. like I, I wasn't a fan of that movie. I was excited when I first watched it. But, um, yeah, check out this movie by Bob Clark. Um, also, I mean, a Christmas story. If, if you're curious about the roots of the person who gave you, um, not even a cult classic, but an American classic, a worldwide classic at this point, um, check that out. And then, yeah, so I'll go ahead and throw out my underrated one. This is actually yeah. a newer one, not even going that far back. And I just wanted to give this thing or this movie, it's five minutes of fame, but Christmas, bloody Christmas. And... I kind of want to have either of you guys seen that one. Mm-mm. Yeah, I watched that actually. Um, when did I see that? It was it was sometime last year around the holiday last year. I checked that out. I, I saw that on Shutter. I think it premiered yeah. on Shutter. I could be wrong. Yep. Um, it's got it a 4K. Fun. Did you know that? I didn't know it had a 4K at all. To be German honest. media book. That's how I got it. I didn't know uh, it was on Shutter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I imported that and I watched it on Christmas Day last year. And all I really want to say about this without going into, because I've found people I've talked to about this movie with, that the perfect analogy is if you're a Futurama fan listening, um, the evil Santa in that movie, give him a live action movie. And (laughs) that's what this movie is. It is literally Robo Santa um, from Futurama, just messing everything up. And it's, it's, it's a horror movie. It's got, it it definitely has some pacing issues, you know, like the first act, I, there's parts of it I really could care less about, but the Mm -hmm. second act and especially the last 10 minutes of it just got me. Um, yeah, I wanted to give that movie a special shout out. It's really good. It's really fun. It's not that serious. It's just Santa going around and just messing up anybody that comes in his line of sight. So, um, yeah, it's really, really good. I don't know who directed that one. Um, it was actually so. It, and the only reason I know this is because I I saw one of his other movies, not realizing it was the same director. It's a guy named Joe. I believe his name is Joe Begos. Begos. I don't know if I'm yep. saying that correctly, but he directed a movie, a, a vampire film, a modern vampire movie that I love called Bliss. Um, mm. Mm. Not obviously not a Christmas film, but if anybody's interested in his filmography, I, I really enjoyed Bliss. I enjoyed Christmas, Bloody Christmas. It was fun. I had fun with it. Um, but I, I like Bliss better. I think Bliss is the better film. I don't want to compare the two because it's they're totally different. But um, just technically overall, I think Bliss was better executed. But yeah, if, if you're interested in Joe Begos, Christmas, Bloody Christmas, I would definitely recommend that as well. And then if you're in for something completely out of the I know it's out of theme, but um, Bliss, check that out if you guys get a chance to. I really enjoyed that one. Oh, and I'll shout out another movie he did. I was just looking, VFW. Um, very fun. I have not seen that. Yeah, very I'm fun. Not Christmas right now, bro. 
haven't yeah. seen any of these. It's all good. VFW you can get for religiously about five six dollars on 4K. Oh, really? uh, it's always on sale. Yeah, it's so it's really? Stephen Lane, the guy who played um, Stephen Lane was. Uh, oh, I've seen the trailer in, for this um, movie. Yeah, what, uh, Stephen Lane. Yeah, don't Lane. He's a he's yeah. a really great actor. He he's actually. Yeah. I, I wish he would. I wish we could see him in some like beefier roles. You know, I, I think he's yeah he's great. Yeah, shout out that movie, and it's one of those one location type of movies, um, almost kind of like Night of the Living Dead, um, a little bit more claustrophobic mm-hmm. than that. But yeah, great non Christmas related shout out since you brought it up because I didn't know he did that. Yeah, I mean, he's two for two on the movies I've seen him do. Um, but yeah, those are going to be like the ones I feel like, uh, that's one of my favorites. Again, my all time favorite Christmas movie is gremlins. That's in my top five movies of all time, maybe top 10, depending on if something breaks it out. But black Christmas is second in that category. And I wanted to spread some love and cheer about Christmas, bloody Christmas. Cause it's just dumb fun, you know, great effects, mm-hmm. everything about that. So that's what I wanted to throw out there for mine. The score that's pretty. The soundtrack in that movie is pretty fun too, from what I remember. It's got like, you got a little bit of like heavy metal in there, and I think he has some like electronic, you know, kind mm-hmm. of electronic music, like synth as well, which is pretty cool. So I, yeah. I remember enjoying that. Yeah, it was hey, great. You wanna you wanna go next, or you want me to take sure. it from there? I'll go next, man. Um, so my pick for uh, my top Christmas movie is. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah. That's my, uh, I watch that movie pretty much religiously every Christmas. I'll watch it like two or three times every Christmas. We're actually going to watch it today. Um, Nice. It's, dude, it's just, I think it's like the perfect blend of like raunchy kind of like humor, like adult humor mixed with like family humor in a weird way. It's, it's like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of like adult humor in the movie, but there's also like a lot of like heartwarming kind of moments too. Like for like, just like families want to watch the movie. Um, but it's just so freaking funny, dude. There's so many like moments in that movie that I still laugh at today. I was telling uh, Will before we were rolling about the old lady doing the pledge of allegiance during the, <laughs> instead of saying grace, there's, you know, the, the moments with the neighbors, there's, there's just so many freaking hilarious moments in that movie that I think are still, you know, a a lot of movies kind of like maybe lose their charm over time. Um, or like, you know, when, when it's a different kind of period in time, like the humor kind of, you know, changes, but I think with this one, man, it's just been a consistent thing. It's what is it? 30, 40 years old now, I'd imagine. I don't know what year it came out. 89. I love the gag with the the gag with the neighbors in that movie is great because they just kind of build on that. Oh, dude, the they just trash on those neighbors <laughs> the whole movie. And it has what's her face? Uh, uh, is one of the neighbors from uh, uh, oh, Seinfeld. Uh, Julia, Julia, Louis yeah, Dreyfus, I can right? never say her name, I always butcher it. <laughs> She's in there. Um, you have uh, Randy Quaid is in there who plays uh, Randy Quaid's awesome in that movie. Yeah, he oh, god, dude, he's hilarious in that movie. And Chevy Chase is hysterical as always, uh, but it's just this perfect blend to me of just like this adult humor that, you know, that if you're watching it with kids, the adults will kind of smirk and laugh and the kids don't know what's going on. Uh, but then, you know, there's a lot of like funny stuff for the kids too, to, when they're watching it. I, I actually showed it to my uh, little cousin before and he's like dying laughing. You know what I mean? Like just a freaking mm. scene with him going down the sled where he puts that weird oil on the sled and he's like riding down Ooh. the mountain and shoots into the Walmart and <laughs> stupid stuff like that man it's just over the top it's just so ridiculous um and then you have the 4k the, right um i 
I have it, but I don't have it. I know my I know my secret Santa got it for me, so we'll just leave it. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, but it's yeah, dude. It's it's just this perfect blend to me, and I watch it every year. Um, and it, it's it's always I, I look forward to watching it every every, and I've seen it like hundreds of times at this point. But I always look forward to watching it just because it's just so freaking hysterical. Um, so that that'd be my top pick. And I think we were talking about hot take too. I don't know if it's a hot take, but I kind of like this one more than just the regular vacation movie. I think it's mm-hmm, way yeah. funnier. I think I the pacing's better. Um, it's yeah, more rewatchable. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what the community thinks as a whole, but I like Christmas vacation more than just vacation. I like vacation. It's a, it's a funny movie, but I think the humor from Christmas vacation just kind of transcends decades a little bit better. Um, so yeah, that's my top movie, a hundred percent. My f- like honorable mention is what we're calling it. Um, mm. It has to be Bad Santa. Bad mm. Santa is, I mm-hmm. mean, it, that one's just full raunchy, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. messed up humor. But dude, it is just so well done. You got Billy Bob Thornton in there, uh, Bernie Mac. Um, I always forget who plays the, I, I, the dude who plays the elf. elf what's his name? Um, oh god he's been in so many he was in that movie yeah, little man Tony wasn't he Cox? i think it's is that his name? i think so yeah oh i love I, him I could though. Be wrong, he's so maybe. good let me see and you've seen yeah. the have you seen bad santa 2 yeah i've seen and bad santa 2 is actually pretty i i like it i don't know what people thought about it but um, it was good I it was, yeah i thought it was pretty funny it's not as good as the first one for sure but it's it's still a pretty funny movie I want to throw this out there while you're talking about Bad Santa. That's one of my biggest 4K sins. And that's why I sometimes, whenever I can tell that something's going to be limited, I saw that on the shelf uh, for 4K for like a couple of months. Now it's like almost impossible to find. I can't find it anywhere. Is that a production? Yeah, it just just went off shelves. And then, you know, you can probably get it on eBay for like 40, 50 bucks. But I mean, I don't want to pay that much. Yeah, of course not. (laughs) <laughs> but it's, no one's gonna yeah. do that. I mean, maybe I, I don't know. I mean, there's some movies. Obviously, I would pay that much money for. I don't know if Bad Santa is one of them for a 4K. I mean, the Blu-ray's fine. I have the Blu-ray. Yeah, and it's, and it's I think it's sufficient. But like, if you just want a full raunchy, screwed up, you know, <laughs> movie, Bad Santa's the one. And then the the um the kid, the dynamic with Billy Bob Thornton and the kid in that movie, it's just so so freaking, good. It's so yeah, good, it's dude. He's just yeah. a horrible role model. The whole freaking movie. <laughs> it's so bad but it's like but it ironically has like a, a few like you know specks of like heartwarming moments like i i remember hmm. i haven't seen it in like two years but like at the end when um i think he gives him a letter when he's like recovering from the hospital and just that whole monologue it's, it's like it's so atrocious but it's like hysterical at the same time um but yeah, dude, it's a really good movie. If you guys haven't checked it out, Bad Santa, I highly recommend it. Um, and the sequel, the sequel, solid too. Did the sequel mm-hmm. get a four K chase or no? Yeah, that's the one. I, the first one didn't get a four K. It was two that got oh, a four K when you're it came out. About oh, really? Two that got a four K. Yeah. If oh, the first one got a four K, I wouldn't have let that sit on the shelf for two months. I would have bought it day one. Yeah. It's interesting. They went for the sequel, not the original. Yeah, I was hoping for the original. Often. I'm yeah. surprised we haven't gotten that one yet, though. I mean, maybe that's something we'll see next year, the next couple of years, hopefully, because I'd, I'd buy that. Yeah, 100%. Same. And, and a uh, nice deal book. Bernie Mac's in it, dude, and I love Bernie Mac. Um, I forget that John Ritter's in that as well, Gabe. Um, yes, and I, he yeah, is. I think you're right. The 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 It's Tony Cox that plays the, um, yeah. the, the, elf. Uh, the elf. I think his name's Marcus see. in the movie. I'm trying to remember. But. Yes, dude. Yeah, Tony Marcus. Cox is freaking hilarious, dude. 
freaking hysterical. Him and Bernie Mac are freaking hilarious. Bill, Billy Bob Thornton's hilarious. The kid's funny. I mean, it's just it's just this raunchy but like heartwarming movie at the same time, and it's 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 so much fun to watch. Um, so that that'd probably be my honorable mention for sure. I think it was just really unique when it came out because you didn't see something that was just you know so I guess like Christmas themed but just so screwed up to mm. watch at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, since you both like Christmas Vacation so much, a movie I've always considered to be like, not a loose remake, but a loose copycat of Christmas Vacation is Christmas with the Cranks. Have you guys ever seen that? I have seen that. Yeah, I it's have. been a minute since I've seen it, though. I saw, I like I saw it. it when it came out in theaters, and I saw, mm-hmm. I think, the I, I have the DVD somewhere, maybe. I'm not sure. That one's pretty funny. I, yeah. I like it. I don't think it reaches the level of Christmas Vacation, but I mean, that's, that's the one with Tom Allen, right? Well, yeah, Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I like that one a lot. I think Dan Aykroyd's in it as well, doesn't he? Isn't he like the name? I forget who he plays. The annoying neighbor. Yeah, I'm a big (laughs) Tim Allen fan, but yeah, I think the dynamic between the three of them worked really well in that movie. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know if that's considered like a favorite, but yeah, it's. I don't think I watched that. It's been years since I've seen it. It's probably been like three or four years, but I remember really enjoying it. Yeah, I try to watch it every year. I like it a lot. It was really good. Um, I just wanted to shout that out because I remember seeing that in theaters. Um, what was it? Incredibles. I think Incredibles was in the theater, and oh, I wanted to go see Memories. Yeah, yeah, it was in the theaters. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it, it was opening up or around the time Incredibles was out, and so my family went to go see. They literally we walked past Incredibles. I remember getting so upset. Then I had to go watch Christmas, <laughs> but I ended up having to. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the same yeah. thing happened with me we were like going to the movie theater and i was asking my parents to watch uh incredibles and they were like no yeah. we're gonna watch christmas and i was like really i don't want to go see christmas with the cranks and yeah i don't know what year was that movie dude was that like 2000, 2004 like, yeah, yeah. and i was just yeah. kind of pissed because they wanted to go see this christmas with the cranks and i mean it, it's a funny movie though i i like it now but yeah you just brought back a whole like wave of nostalgia because i remember the same <laughs> thing dude the same experience yep. i was just so peeved that they wouldn't take me to go see incredibles yeah <laughs> yeah 2004 yeah that's crazy that we had a similar experience because i remember yeah. begrudgingly sitting down to watch this movie i was like no one cares cranky. about this movie and the incredible superhero superpowers so i want to go next door and yeah. watch that and i remember having an actually good time yeah it was pretty funny i i, I like that movie a lot um mm-hmm. and you don't see like that it, it's hard kind of encapsulating that dynamic of just kind of like and, and there's a lot of movies that try to do it but they just don't do it well just the whole dynamic of like a screwed up family right that's just but Mm. but trying to capture the comedy and that heart heartwarming part of it it, it, it's it's super tough and i think christmas vacation does it does it perfectly you have so many like standout family members that all have their moments and and you know at the end of it it's like super heartwarming yeah so those are my two movies for sure and then we were we were going to talk about um christmas story i might leave that for the end maybe we'll do a hot take (laughs) yeah At we'll uh, about talk Christmas about it story. yeah yeah what about you will what are your picks man my first pick is going to be a movie that i've i've kind of grown up with my parents have had the vhs of it forever it was one of those bigger case vhs um cases kind of like I, titanic I style exactly they call. Or the plastic yeah similar to that the plastic okay. like the, the the bigger plastic case and that is a christmas carol from the mid 80s mm, i want to say yeah. it was 1984 with George C. Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. not it's not a perfect movie, but for me, it's like it's it's definitely more of a nostalgia trip. I just think the performances in that movie 
um, are just fantastic. I mean, George C. Scott is one of those actors that I've seen him in so few things, but the few things that I have seen him in, he just does an absolutely fantastic job. Yeah. Um, Exorcist 3, you know, to shout that out there, you know, if people haven't seen that yet, check that out. Obviously a totally different film, but I think A Christmas Carol, the thing that separates it from, I mean, we all know the Charles Dickens novella, you know, we've heard the story. Yeah. It's been interpreted so many times, but this movie always stuck with me because of the, not only the performances, I mean, you have George C. Scott, and I think, I'm trying to remember the other gentleman's name. He plays Bob Cratchit. Frank um, Finley? I th- I'm trying or, to remember. I think Frank Finley plays Jacob yeah. Marley, the ghost of Jacob Marley. David uh, Warner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David Warner? It's David Warner. Yep. David yep, Warner is Bob Cratchit, and this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the performances are really what what carries the movie, but... Um, I think it was directed by a guy named Clive Donner, who I didn't know this. I was doing some research on it the other day. He actually served as one of the, or I think the sole editor on the original. Um, it was like a, a movie called Scrooge. I think it was from the fifties. Hmm. Um, so he, he was pretty versed in the material um, by the time this movie came around. And I didn't know that it was originally a made for TV movie. Um, when it initially premiered, it was it was made for TV. It did not get a theatrical release. Mm-hmm. Um, it was made for British television. But the thing I like about it is just the interpretation of the... I mean, that's the thing. Like, when I talk to people about A Christmas Carol, everybody always put... Like, they always talk about what their favorite interpretation is regarding, like, the Christmas spirits, like the ghost of Christmas past, yeah. present, and future. And I think that this movie in particular just sets a tone that is just... It's just so much more eerie than all the other interpretations I've seen, especially with the ghost of Christmas future. When I was a kid, I don't know if you guys can, we can't pull up an image of it, but if you Google the ghost of Christmas future from this movie, it, it's, it's creepy. It's, it's horrifying. It scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> I just, I just think the interpretation is so well done. All the spirits are handled beautifully. Um, and this, this movie has some genuinely, it just has some genuinely scary unsettling moments in it um i remember in particular when the uh, the ghost of christmas present he's uh he's taking ebenezer on a tour of like uh, it's somewhere in the city uh, of london uh and they're underneath the bridge and you know there's like um there's like a beggar nearby and it's it's um obviously a family that's homeless and it's just this horrible like just tragedy of a scene where you know he's watching this family talk about how they don't have enough money to buy food and and the the beggar is just talking to his wife and children about how he just wanted them to have something for christmas and i forget what exactly it is they have it's like a loaf of bread and and they're just dirty and it's it's horrifying but there's a moment where uh the ghost of christmas present kind of opens his robe and you see these two kind of like malnourished children standing there uh, and it's this whole play on on Ebenezer where he says, you know, these are your children. You know, they're I think it's called gre- their greed and ignorance or something like that. And it's just I just remember that scene so vividly. It just sticks with me just seeing those children's faces. They're just, you know, dirty and malnourished. And it's just one of those scenes that's just so effective. Um, and it has a few scenes like that in this movie where they're they're just again, they're generally just unsettling. And I think that's the beauty of this movie is that it has such a significant message it nails the message of the novel perfectly. I think the ending is one of the most heartfelt endings I've seen um, in a Christmas film. Just that transition from 
how Ebenezer is in the beginning to how he is at the end of the movie. And again, that that has a lot to do with George C. Scott's performance. He's just a fantastic actor. We're able to see that trajectory and that character arc displayed so perfectly in this film. But it's really those eerie moments that you you see with these spirits that really drive the point home that, um, especially with the ghost of Christmas future, it's just such an unsettling image. I just remember the silhouette uh, in, in the scene where it's revealed. He's underneath a bridge or something like that. And you see the spirit standing there and they backlight it and they have fog, you know, across the ground. I just, again, scenes that are stuck in my head um, from when I was a kid. So I would recommend that. That's my main pick. Um, definitely check that out. I, I believe this movie is on Blu-ray. I actually don't own this on Blu-ray, but I'm, I was looking into seeing what the options are for buying it. Um, cause I still, I still have the VHS most likely upstairs somewhere. Um, but I would, I would definitely try to check this well. out. Another, uh, shameless Tubi plug, by the way, it's streaming free on Tubi. It is. If it's Will's on, monologue yeah. got you going. <laughs> See, we need there to go. So guys, just please check. Yeah, I would highly recommend. I just think, and I'm not one, like I've seen a few different interpretations of, mm-hmm. of A Christmas Carol now, and I've, I've seen the play live like a handful of times, but I, I always just come back to this movie. I watch it every year. You know, I get the VHS player upstairs, um, and although it's not the best, that's why I'm probably actually going to go ahead and pull the trigger and try to buy this on, on Blu-ray. Um, but yeah, for those of you guys that are listening, please check it out on Tubi. I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, it's, it is on Blu-ray. I'm looking at it now. I guess it came out in 2010. And that, okay. that that's a solid pick, Will, just because I remember it had a big impact on me too. I think I saw it when I was like nine or 10 years old. We had read, we had mm-hmm. read the Dickens story and then our mm-hmm. teacher showed us the movie in class. And I, and dude, it, it, I just remember those scenes that you're talking about. It just leaves this kind of like really like a, a significant, like emotional resonance on you. Mm-hmm. The, the, mm-hmm. the imagery in that movie is like super strong, you know, the, the, the yeah. way they portray everything. So that one for sure, it left an impact on me when I saw it. I remember um, that's the interpretation. I always think when someone says Christmas Carol, that's where my mind always kind of reverts back to is, is that interpretation of it just because it's, it's just so well done. But um, that's a solid pick, dude. I really, really like that one. Yeah, and I, I do want to say a shout out to um, the set design and the atmosphere in the movie as well, because mm-hmm. obviously it was, I was talking about how this movie has just an eeriness to it that, that really kind of sticks with you. Um, and that's, again, credit to that, because the atmosphere in, in certain scenes is just so well done. But yeah, I mean, if, if, if you want to see great performances, and, and I don't give enough credit to, what's his name, David Warner? I think you yep. guys mentioned as Bob yep. Cratchit. The the performances are just so convincing. They really embody the characters. It's like when when I think of the book after having read the novella um and seeing the play live, you know, as I said a handful of times now, when I think of what this book would look like a, as a movie, this is this is the movie. Um mm-hmm. I just feel like it's it, they embody the characters so well. George C. Scott, David Warner, I mean everyone else in the movie is fantastic. Um the two people that play the spirits, I should say the three spirits. I don't know who plays the spirit of Christmas future or how they even did that. Because um, I remember in the movie, it's so scary. It's creepy. He's got like these long, like bony fingers. It's just, it's yeah. creepy, man. It just it's like pointing. It really gets under my skin. <laughs> What's that? Edward Woodward. Edward Woodward plays Christmas future. Yep. Based on what I'm seeing. Edward Woodward. Okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, they all do a fantastic job. He's in the job. Wicker Man. Oh, oh no way! Yeah, in the 1973 the, Wicker the Man. The original Wicker cool. Man. Yeah, isn't that cool? That's interesting. Yeah, 
Yeah. Hey, um, I wanted yeah, to pose this question to you because you said that you've seen all of the, I'm assuming a majority, there's so many interpretations like you were saying, but have you seen the Jim yeah. Carrey one from around that same time you guys were talking I, about the Blu-ray released? Yeah, I've seen the Jim Carrey one. I like the Jim Carrey one. I mean, to me, it's, it's decent. Like, I, it's, it's decent. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't know where that would be, but I'd be curious to like revisit some of them because I've seen the Jim Carrey one. Um, I haven't seen the fifties version of uh, Scrooge that um, mm. apparently, you know, Clive Donner worked on as an editor. But I just more recently watched, and I don't want to necessarily talk about this movie, but Scrooge with uh, Bill Murray. I mean, the story oh, has been that? interpreted a, a bunch of. Scrooge was good. I would okay. I would recommend that. I mean, it's again, it, it's not up there with um, like Christmas Vacation, like Gabe was saying. I mean, in my book, I would definitely put it in probably my top ten. I just really like Bill Murray. I think he does a fantastic job mm -hmm. in that movie. But yeah, Scrooge was great. I thought the transfer was great. Uh, they did a lot of interesting stuff with like practical effects uh, in that movie. So um, check that out if you guys have yeah. it. I don't know what it's going for it right yet. now. I don't know if that price has come down a little bit, but they they did come out with the 4K um, standard release not too long ago. I think I think November. So is it correctly. just because you got me curious? So is it is its own yeah. version of a Christmas Carol? Or Scrooge is essentially yeah. Scrooge takes the plot of a Christmas Carol and it applies it to. Uh, Bill Murray plays, He's uh, he works for this toy company, and he's like a high executive in this toy company, and he essentially embodies the character of of Ebenezer. He's not, na I think his name's Frank in the movie, if I forget off the top of my head, but he's mm. not, um, we don't have the okay. same character names, but pretty much all the major plot points are are present. So okay. it's just, uh, it's like I'll an check 80s that out. interpretation of that story, which is pretty fun. So, and that's cool. I mean, That'd be a cool like couple movies to check out because you have just the seriousness um, and the drama of the 1984 Christmas Carol with George C. Scott. And then, mm -hmm. you know, Scrooge with Bill Murray. It's just like a comedic take, uh, a more lighthearted comedic take. But, you know, there was some I will say it has some moments where, you know, um, there there is a lot of heartfelt, you know, emotion present, too. So, you know, wow. I enjoyed it for that reason alone. And, um, and the Jim Carrey one to me, it, it, it was good, but it wasn't. It, it came around the time I remember. I think Avatar was coming out of that time. Yeah, 3D IMAX yep. thing was like super popular, and I remember seeing an IMAX 3D, and it was it was a beautiful movie to look at, but it was just like kind of it was draggy. It was, kinda, it was yeah, exactly. It was kind of boring in some sections because I think I love Jim Carrey and everything that he's in. Yep. He's a freaking fantastic actor and the voice acting. Mm -hmm. He like nailed it, but it's just like the movie itself, like the pacing of it was kind of dull. It was beautiful to look at, but it's yeah. not one that I kind of like, you know, I haven't, I haven't seen it in years, but I don't, I don't pop it back in just to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I mean, it, they had kind of like the animation style, like stuck with me as well. Like I remember visually, mm -hmm. like it was easy to kind of separate from, from other films at the time in terms of the animation style. But yeah, I mean, it, I'll have to check that out again. You know, I think that movie's worth a revisit, right? Because I'd yeah, be curious sure. to see how it holds up for me. Because what was that was like, yeah, you guys were saying around the time Avatar came out. So what was that, yeah. 2009? I mean, it's already been well over a decade. So yeah, I'd be curious to check that out yeah. again. And it's weird how some of these movies, we talk about so many movies, right? They're like from the 70s, 80s, 90s. And it's just interesting watching them 10 years later because you might have a different interpretation of it. Um, and mm -hmm. who knows, maybe that one is actually really solid. I, maybe I do need to watch it again. But I remember in, sitting in the theater when I saw it, it was just kind of like what Chase said, draggy. It just had some parts where it was kind of slow. But And um, is that Robert Zemeckis that directed that? 
because I mean he's usually pretty like um, I'm trying to remember some of the other stuff that he's done. I'm I'm pretty sure he he um let me look that up real quick. While you're looking um, that yeah, up, I wanted to correct myself real quick. So I said that um where's his name? So I did say that Edward Woodward, no Wickerman seventy three, he actually plays Ghost of Christmas Presents. So um, it's okay. actually Michael Carter that does Ghost okay. of Christmas Yet to Come, also known as famously as Bib Fortuna from Star Wars. No mm. way. Okay. So no way. Yeah. That's why I wanted to correct things. myself. Yeah. And that's good. cool. Yeah. That's pretty dope. Yeah. I just yeah, saw um, a giant Bib Fortuna and I was like, whoa. It cool. was uh, it was Zemeckis that did uh, a Christmas Carol, but yeah. I mean, you know, Back to the Future. I mean, he's done. I think he did an interpretation of, or did he? I don't know if he directed or produced. Well, no, because Pinocchio was um, what's his name? Del Toro, right? Yeah, the uh, one, yeah, the new one, yeah. yeah. I that, think Zemeckis served as a. The, I thought I remember seeing his you name. No, he on did. That he, you know, he did do um the Disney one. So there was the Del Toro one, and then the Disney one that got kind of okay. Uh, it was so weird. Was bad it? reviews because it had Tom Hanks in it and everything like that, and people just didn't like it. Mm. Yeah. So he so did weird to release two of those in one year, right? Yeah, that was kind it's, of odd. Yeah, he's, he's a solid director though, because I know he did Flight, he did uh, uh, Polar Express, used cars, year, like Will said. Yeah, used cars. So he's had some solid movies, but he's had some weird ones too, like Beowulf. I remember um, being excited to see Beowulf because I that's one of my favorite um, Shakespearean plays, um, mm-hmm. and it's just it was kind of boring. <laughs> but he he's, he's had his like he's dipped his toe in in a lot of like animation. Hmm. Oh, he did that witches. I didn't know that that oh, one with not- um, that one that like really didn't do well because of the pandemic at the time. Hmm. Oh, with Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Oh yeah, huh? And it ended up on Max. I'm looking at his filmography right now. And Beowulf and, isn't isn't Shakespeare. My my bad. It's not. I thought it was. It's just an epic, right? Yeah, it's just like yeah, a it's German an epic. epic story. Will, what is your follow up? Yes. So my fo- yeah, and and I want to apologize to the listeners. I know we kind of got off on some different movies there, but um, <laughs> we kind of just. Do. I mean, hey, it happens, man. But um. Yeah, my lesser, and I don't. I mean, I don't want to say lesser known because I'm sure that this movie clearly has a following. I just don't know how much notoriety it actually has. I I haven't really talked to anybody or or have heard this movie mentioned uh, on our Discord or on Reddit communities. But um, it's a movie I want to say from like 2009 or 2010, around the same time of the Christmas Carol we just mentioned with Jim Carrey, but. It's a movie called Rare Exports, uh, and the subtitle is A Christmas Tale. Um, And this is actually a Finnish action horror comedy. I mean, dude, you could call it a fantasy movie. There's so many subgenres that this dips its toe into. I remember seeing this, I think it was on Shudder several years ago. In fact, I think it was one of the first movies I watched when I I first got a subscription to Shudder, when I first heard about it. Um, but it's essentially about, I'm assuming from what I remember, it's either an American or a British, they're like a research team that are trying to like, they're drilling in these mountains, um, somewhere in, in, in Finland. Uh, and they discover this, I guess you could say it's like this, I don't want to call it an export, but it's essentially this giant, um, this giant crate from what I remember. 
Um, I don't want to. Here's the thing. I don't want to spoil this movie because I I think the plot of this movie is so well done. I think the reveal of what's actually happening, but once once it clicks with you, is just ingenious. Like the way that they, the way that the story progresses, the the way that uh, the way that everything ends up. I mean, the way it, you know, just the the story arc itself is really well done. But I, I just want to highly, re- I, I do highly recommend this. I think it was based on. I want to say it was based on either a, a previous film or a short story that the director did. Um, and I'm, I'm almost positive. I think the ger- director's name is Jamari Hillander. I don't want to butcher mm-hmm. his name, but he actually directed Sisu. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. It was Stephen yeah, Lang, um, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sisu. That, was that which, Stephen Lang? In Sisu? Yeah. Pretty sure. No, I think no, no, it's not. I I don't think it's Stephen Lang because I'm pretty sure Sisu is also a a I don't know if it's a Finnish film, but you know, Sisu got a lot of attention because it Mm -hmm. it was similar in style to like John Wick. And in fact, I think they actually used that um as part of the the marketing. The trailers, yeah. Like when you when you saw John Wick, this was like one of the first movies that popped up. So yeah, it's I don't know if it's the same director as um Sisu. But I know they, I think it might have been from the same team, like producers, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as rare exports is concerned, yeah, man, I, I just think it's, I just think it's a great concept, very well executed. So I would highly recommend people check that out. And again, I, I want to talk more about the the plot, but I don't want to give too much away because I think it's a really, it, let's just say it, it's a really interesting spin on uh, Santa Claus. Let's, let's put it that way. <laughs> Okay, so, you've I, got me I, I interested. Pretty, I, I'm intrigued I'm too because I, I saw I searched up some images for the film and it it didn't spoil anything, but I'm kind of seeing what he's talking about. I'm like, this looks really intriguing. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'd say the only critique I have, I mean, I don't want to get too much into it, but the only critique I have is that it kind of starts off with a focus on like the children in the movie and it tends to kind of veer, I guess you, I don't want to say it, it gets away from that, but it tends to lose some of that focus as, as the movie, you know, uh, progresses as it, as it kind of opens up as the story gets mm-hmm. opened up. So, uh, but that's really it. I mean, dude, I just had a fun time with this movie. And like I said, it, it dips its toe into all these different genres. And it, I find that was a, just a really interesting blend um, of genres uh, that they were able to, to throw in there so yeah um i wouldn't say it's a scary film but just a really great concept that i think was for the most part well executed so and again really really creative approach to uh to santa claus and the north pole and that whole operation let's put it that way yeah i'm, so, intrigued. Yeah, I'm probably would, gonna check this one out this one looks pretty dope i don't i don't know if it's still on streaming let me look that up real quick is it on our faithful uh uh, Tubi <laughs> on our uh, Tubi. I know we Maybe. talk about Tubi so much on this podcast that it's like, I mean, it's such a solid thing. Oh, yeah, it is on there. There you go, man. I just searched it up. Well, let me see if it lets me play it or if it's like one of those. Yeah, bro, it is on Tubi. <laughs> Tubi's the okay, best. So, man. yeah, check. I would check that out for sure. I would add that to your um. Definitely add that to your watch list. Yeah, um, no, for sure. Just like I said, looking at the pictures and hearing you talk about it, um, it's it looks really, really intriguing. I, I'm kind of getting what the concept might be, but I don't know for sure. 
from these pictures, mm. but it looks really, really cool. And I like that the kind of like what you said, it looks like a blend of like action, action slash like, I don't know if it's like horror or, or what, but just, just it's, the, yeah, I mean, the there, blend of there it are horror cool. elements to it. Mm. I would say, I mean, it's actually, I'd say it's more of like an action, like fantasy film, like mm. almost like an adventure film. But uh, yeah, there's definitely some horror element. Again, it, it didn't really, there were never any moments in the movie that like scared me. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's, there's horror elements in there and you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about when you see it. But yeah, that, that would be my kind of under the radar pick, so to speak for, for lack of a better, lack of a better word, but yeah, that would be That's my big one. Do we have any other movies that you guys want to shout out quick that are on your watch lists leading up to uh, leading up to Christmas? Because what do we have? Like we got under a week, it's under a week away. Mm. Anything else that you think might be worth throwing out there just for people to check out? Mm, holiday themed movies, or yeah, holiday themed. I mean, Christmas film, you know, Christmas themed movies. Anything that you guys are or haven't watched yet that are that are on your watch list. Um, in addition to the movies we mentioned, just to throw some other names out there. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Um, I mean, I, I have the one that we were going to talk about that's like played way too much, in my opinion, and is completely overhyped. Yeah. And <laughs> well, now that you but, said that, let's let's yeah. just take this opportunity because <laughs> because I mean, take now, this that, now that you open I'm going to be forthcoming with you guys and just say that Christmas Carol is. It's it's kind of boring and it's not it's not oh, my movie. Christmas Let's story, just say that. Right? <laughs> or Christmas story. I'm sorry. We we're just yeah. talking about Christmas Carol. A Christmas story oh, yeah. is um I think it's overhyped. And and I don't think it's the movie's fault though. I think we were talking about this a little bit before rolling that it's definitely not the movie's fault. I, it, it, there are definitely some charming scenes in that movie. Um and you know, I I I do like watching it sometimes, but overall like I I think it's it's just been played so much to mm. to the point where it's like especially like on christmas day where like some channels will play it just exclusively for 24 hours non-stop it it's just tnt like, tnt was, yeah was that tnt <laughs> or tbs to, to death man it's just like i i it nothing's like it doesn't have the, the impact on me anymore you know mm-hmm. what i mean and i think the difference is it's like it, there's a difference between me watching christmas vacation a hundred times right because i'm kind of like electing to do that and sit down with the family or my wife and watch it and like you know have a good time but when it's like in the background like while you're wrapping gifts and in the you know every store like i'll go in a store and they they have it on their little televisions and stuff playing it or like you know references on the radio i'm just like god i i'm I'm done with this movie (laughs) i I can't anymore and it sucks because i want to like it and there are there are the those charming elements i think there was a point where i liked it you know what i mean but it's it's just gotten played to death dude and that, that's where i'm at with with christmas story it's 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 one of those movies i want to like but i feel like it and it's not even the movie's fault it's just kind of like how as a culture we've just like i don't know we've beaten it to death like it, it, it I, I can't watch it anymore it does nothing for me i'm curious see the sequel no we never oh, saw there was, was, yeah, was a sequel right? yeah i didn't I mean, I was, you know how I am, bro. It's, it's like, you know, Christmas. as soon as they said that Christmas story sequel, I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. It was, was decent. It uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it was better executed than what you would expect something, you know, 20, 30 years later to be in that realm. Yeah. 
um ralph's care i forget the actor's name but ralph's um actors like narration of everything does mm. it just does it really like good service you know like to your mm. point like christmas story like i was a big fan of it but it's just played like i couldn't set it better it's just played so much it's like mm. that song that you like for the first couple of weeks but in a much more bigger time span and then every time you turn on the radio it's playing that song but That's in this case analogy. it's for like decades on end and you can't yeah. escape the radio so <laughs> that's kind of how it is um you know i actually was waiting you know how like during our overrated movies i waited to give you a hot take mm-hmm. i have something that might w- make you guys both want to disconnect so um <laughs> i don't like elf i do not like elf interesting i i i'm not i'm not <laughs> mad at that i i yeah. like elf but it's yeah. not like my wife always wants to put it on and i'm kind of like it's a fun movie like i like it yeah. but it, i think it's overhyped I yeah it's 100 percent overhyped yeah that and um kind of in that same world uh polar express is decent i just don't understand why it has the status that it does it's very basic you know um i don't find it to do anything too too different it's got some good jingles and stuff like that it's a very endearing and heartwarming story but i don't think it deserves the cult status that it does um yeah like i didn't even buy that 4k and when it comes to holiday movies i'll pretty much buy any of them just because like, you know, I, I just did yeah, that. It's awesome that we're going to get those, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I skipped out. I have elf, but I skipped out on polar express for sure. Plus I just can't imagine that that 4k looks good because that animation wasn't, was that a 2k DI or yeah, it was yeah, a 2k. I was, DI. Actually, I was upscaled, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, crap. It was a uh, upscaled, but yeah, I agree yeah. with both of those actually. I don't and Polar Express is kind of it's boring to me kind of to be honest yeah. with you. It's 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 a beautiful movie to look at. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that it's probably garnered such a cult following just cuz it it is basic but I think it does have like there are some pretty deep themes and interpretations yep. of it especially with like the um I don't know what he's called like the homeless dude that's on like on top of the train. Yeah. During that scene, like, yeah, there's like a lot of interpretations mm-hmm. of what that is and what it means. And I think that that's probably what's garnered its cult following over the years. But mm-hmm. it's not one that I'm like, yeah, let's watch Polar Express. Clamoring for. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let's see yeah. Watching, guys. No, that's uh, fair. Yeah. I think I'm kind of the same way. I agree with you guys. Like, when I think of those two movies, not so much a Christmas story. I mean, a Christmas story was just like such a big part of my childhood, too. So at, at this point, I'm kind of like, okay, I'll take it. But I mean, I'm not going to sit there for 24 hours and watch it, but um, yeah, with Elf and Polar Express, I, I actually saw Elf more recently. I think I watched that like the first weekend of December, actually. And yeah, I liked it. it. It definitely has a lot of funny moments, but yeah, it's not one of those movies that, and again, this is completely subjective, I guess, but it's just not one of those movies that I think of when I think of like my Christmas, my mm-hmm. like yearly Christmas watch list. It's just not one that comes to mind. And I'll say the same for Polar Express. Visually, I think it's a, a, a treat, but I don't know. It doesn't really do much else for me personally. So that's yeah. my take. Yeah. Those are, and uh, one more movie that I thought of, it's the, the, the not overrated movie. This one I actually like. I completely forgot to mention it. What's, I forgot the title of it too, which sucks. What's the third Friday movie called? Is it Friday After Next? 
think let me google it real quick oh, you're yeah, talking about, yeah, yeah with yeah. ice cube and yeah that movie's actually cube, yeah. freaking hilarious if you guys haven't seen that movie honorable mm-hmm. mention i've only seen the out. first one i'll have oh, to watch really? that one yeah i've uh, only seen the first friday so freaking funny i mean i love all the friday movies they're pretty hysterical but that one if you want another kind of raunchy kind of humorous christmas movie that you're just for adults that's that's another honorable mention too um yeah but, but yeah like and I'm, just, I'm looking through this list of like christmas movie there there are a lot of like overrated <laughs> oh i'll throw movies. one out there and it just recently got a 4k so it's probably not underrated enough but i didn't see a lot of people haul it in the reddit or discord um i like office christmas party that movie's fun mm-hmm. uh, if you guys haven't seen that like it's not great but it was way better than i thought it would be it had some really, really dumb moments in there. Like just, you know, like the dumb humor, you know, mm-hmm. um, a series I want to shout out, at least the very first one. I don't like any of them after that. Um, Silent Night, Deadly Night. First one's great. Second one's one of the worst movies you'll ever see. And third one's decent. Uh, fourth one, fifth one, decent at best. Are you talking and about part two with the garbage day? The clip show. Yeah, the clip show. Yeah. Silent Night, Deadly Night, part two, clip show edition. Like, yeah. I have that it, movie. I I, I, I don't want to say I like it. I guess we could say, like, it, yeah, there's definitely moments that make me laugh out loud, and I think that's why I'm, like, tolerant of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, dude, I actually have, what is it, the... Uh, the collection the vestron i have the vestron yeah. video collection with like three four and five or whatever it is and great collection again they have their moments but overall they're like the first one's obviously the best i mean the yeah, second one great. i'll take like i, I mm-hmm. can watch the second one but yeah and those other three um i think i've seen I, I didn't watch all of them yet um again but i i gotta check them out maybe i'll do that this week check yeah. those out Jack Frost uh, is yeah. good too by MVD. Those just recently Jack got Blu ray too. Cool yeah. Is Jack Frost is really good. Sequel? Yeah, I actually I have it and it's got a Miami like beach too. surfer. Yeah. Oh, cool. It's got a great yeah. slipcover. You That's haven't seen the slipcover for that? Mm-mm. Yeah. It, for it's Jack got the Frost Miami too? tone. Yeah. It's my favorite. Yeah, he's on the surfboard with the with the like icicle or whatever, like ready yeah. to stab somebody or whatever. Yeah. I love that one. That's really Yeah. Really, really, really fun movies. Um, yeah, outside of the just, overrated aspect of Elf, mm. I think that's really going to be completing that portion of that list for me. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some. I I'm, and I can't. I mean, I'm looking through this list. There's so many that are solid to talk about, and some overrated ones as well. But you know, obviously, this is all subjective, guys. You know, everyone's going to have their own holly, holiday movies that they, you know, they love mm. to watch with their family, and ones that they don't like to watch. Um, but yeah. Oh, let me throw this out there because I think people sleep on this. I think a lot of people sleep on it, but how surprisingly good Krampus was. Oh, Krampus, Krampus was, cool. was fun, man. Yeah. yeah. I, you know what? It's funny. I was going to pick that one before I picked, but then I, I remembered rare exports. Like Krampus was going to be my my second more, yeah. I guess, not underrated, so to speak, but I guess lesser known pick. That was going to be yeah. that one, but I figured I'd go it's with good. rare exports. Yeah, I, I had fun with that movie. I have yeah. it. I own it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Scream Factory yeah, 4K? Scream Factory, yeah. Fantastic transfer. Yeah. Really good job. With that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, oh, A Christmas Horror Story. Have you guys seen that? The anthology? Christmas that one's good. Story. Hold on. I will say, because that's this thing, it's like, 
I, I know people like this and, and maybe you guys can, can piggyback off of this. Cause I'm interested to see if you guys encounter this as well. I know certain people that refuse to watch a Christmas themed horror film around That's Christmas. Weird. They just, won't, they just won't do it. They won't do it. It's gotta be all lighthearted, fun, heartwarming, joyful they family were, kind of stuff. They were, yeah, they no. refuse, they refuse to watch anything remotely like outside of that you know framework you know in terms of the the genre you know they won't watch horror they kind won't watch weird christmas it, it's like you know like thing that we saw thanksgiving and i mean it's it's like i feel like i mean it's just a genre i mean you can take the christmas right. theme and apply it to any any genre you want and mm-hmm. you can make a yeah. solid movie out of it that's my take on it but you know I, I have never seen like a sci-fi <laughs> christmas right. movie that'd be christmas but i would Star watch Wars it especially cool. oh there yeah. you go <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I, think, dude, I think the horror films are the most fun. I mean, you know, you don't have to approach it and take them seriously. They're just different. But I mean, I think you can still have plenty of fun with them, you know? And yeah, and a lot of them are, there's certain aspects of some of them that are, like, you can tell they approached it with somewhat of a self awareness too, which, which makes it more enjoyable. So, yeah. yeah, I just, I wanted to mention that because I was talking to a friend and uh, more recently, and I recommended, <clears throat> I think it was, we, I think we were talking about Krampus. I was like, yeah, you should check out Krampus, the Scream Factory. And he's like, nah, dude, I'm, I'm all set. I don't watch horror around Christmas. And I was like, all right. Watch, <laughs> watch it around New Year's then. Get Each your kick. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, to answer your question, because you did ask, what are we going to be watching? Probably around this time for Christmas, I'll be watching. I'm gonna definitely going to check out Rare Exports. That sounds awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. But the mean one, I didn't know that it existed until a couple, around the time that Winnie the Pooh, Blood, Blood and Honey came out oh yeah yeah so the mean one i'll be checking out which if anybody doesn't know it's actually um damien howard um the same guy that plays art the clown and terrifier plays the grinch and a horror-esque take on how the grinch stole christmas (laughs) so it looks great um just right up my alley for something to turn on and waste an hour and a half and just have a good time i'm not gonna it's kind of like I'll, I'll give like a short 20 second review of Winnie the Pooh. I, a lot of people trash that movie, but I don't know what they were expecting. I don't know if they were expecting like a hundred million dollar budget Winnie the Pooh movie to blow their mind, but I went in there with the expectations of it being bad and it was yep. mediocre at worst. It was exactly what I expected it to be in the most minimal sense. So I'm it excited. Gets a lot to of check hate. Out. Yeah. It gets a and, lot of hate, that movie. It's fun. <laughs> it's yeah. super fun. Um, I mean, it had some pacing issues, but for just taking something that just entered the public domain and then doing something with it like that. I appreciate it, you know? So the mean one is uh, definitely something on my radar and yeah. And then shout out to uh, everybody. I, I don't think there's a soul on this earth that hasn't seen the Jim Carrey, how the Grinch stole Christmas. I gosh, oh, yeah. that movie's so that good. Solid. Yeah. That's one yeah, that I watch great. every year too. I like yeah. That. And that's just another Jim Carrey performance. It's he's just great in everything that he's in, man. Even when the movie sucks, like, but he, he always gives 110%. Easily. Yeah. Any last second shout outs from you guys? Anything else round table to go over? No, man. I know we're going to do our like a uh, top picks of the year uh, soon. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know if there's any more releases that we're waiting on. We got Dead Zone. Dead Look zone. out for Wills and I's video review of that over there on the yeah, YouTube. Talk about Dead Zone. Yeah, for you guys that are listening on, on podcast platforms, if you haven't already, um, check us out on YouTube. We got some exclusive content on YouTube that are more, you know, visual 
you know, it's more visually mm-hmm. based, obviously. But yeah, check that out if you haven't already. Um, we're going to be putting some more content out. Uh, and we should mention again, if we haven't, I forget if we did at the beginning of this episode, but this will be our last podcast episode for what, two weeks now, right? I think yep. we're coming back the second the second weekend in January. We'll be back with this podcast. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, if you guys are craving content, definitely check out the YouTube channel and uh, yeah. see what we got going on over there. We're going to be posting a lot more on that as well. So just to shout that out. Yep. Yeah, our next episode will be January 9th. January oh, 9th. Wow. There you go. Holy yeah. So crap. mark your calendars, everybody. January 9th. <laughs> everybody will be eagerly awaiting our return. <laughs> mark it down. Weeks. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's wild, right? Yeah. And I wanted to, I know I've been doing this a lot lately, but it's just wild how far everything has transcended and everything, the whole nine yards in regards to what our first episode was like, I think literally October 1st, October 2nd. Mm-hmm. So just over two months and, you know, it's bigger than everything that we ever thought. I think Gabe and I used to joke, man, we'll be happy if we get 10 listeners throughout the entire yeah. venture, you yeah. know, like, yeah. um, with that. yeah, <laughs> you know, so thank you to everybody. We have a lot of vocal supporters over in the yeah. server. Um, even some I've seen trickle over to the Reddit. So a genuine heartfelt thank you. If you're not in the server, still thank you for discovering us. Thank you for coming along the journey. Um, it's what keeps us going. It's what keeps us motivated. The the kind words, the, the goofy comments, everything like that, that makes us laugh. The comments that make yeah. us cry, the comments that make us hurt our soul, everything right there, right? Um, but yeah, just, we love doing this. We love giving you the content that you guys like and it's just what keeps us going. So thank you so much for a great year and look forward to all the awesome things that from screen to shelf is going to bring you next year as well. 2024 guys, we will see you guys then. Thank you everybody.